Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, James Hansen, also known as Hansen James on Twitter. And this is Milo. And Milo, it's another week for the Utah Jazz. Things have been looking really, really good for the Utah Jazz. Before we get started, I just want to read, I want to talk about our our sponsor, sportsbettingdime.com. This week's podcast is brought to you by sportsbettingdime.com. Be sure to check out their Utah Jazz page for up-to-date stats and insights. Uh, This week, the Jazz have been playing much, much better. If you go to sportsbettingdime and the Utah Jazz page, which we'll link in the description of this episode, and uh, and on SLC Dunk, you can go and read up, up, up about the Utah Jazz. The cool thing, Milo, about last week is that I think Sports Betting Dime broke some news that nobody knew about. They had oh, the Howell Neto. They had the Howell Neto news uh, that he was injured, and no one else had even talked about that. They, I didn't see it reported by any. Pulled that up on the podcast, and we're like, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, and then lo and behold, a game later, Howell Neto was out. So Sports Betting Dime. Guys, go check it out. The link is in the podcast and also on SLC Dunk. Make sure you're going to SLC Dunk and reading all the articles. And you might find some things that you didn't you didn't know. Uh, today, we are joined by one of our favorite people on on Jazz Twitter and in uh, Bleacher Report and, and also the mayor of Exum Island. We're joined by Andy Bailey. Thank you for joining us, Andy. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I just... It's an honor and privilege to have that title of mayor of Exum Island because you both have strong claims to it yourselves. Well, I I, I claimed postmaster general is what I I'd like to be known as. You saw the clip uh, of the postmaster general that I sent to you, right? I did. I appreciated that very much. <laughs> if, you know what? If you can't use a gift that isn't either Seinfeld or um or oh, what's the Larry David show on HBO? I'm a I'm a your enthusiasm there you go i'm a bad fan if curb your if it's not one of those gifts then it's really not worth using sometimes uh <laughs> yeah i, I mean no. i just kind of see myself as a trader i mean i go back and forth between the mainland and on and then basically you know i take things from the mainland i mark it up really high and i sell it on exum island return back with profits and then come back and then uh and then and then and then when it is convenient, I will talk crap about Exum Island because they're not there. And then I come back and I'm like, hey, I'm for you guys. So this is a I'm very all... bold thing to bring up at the town council meeting of Exum Island. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm kind of just putting myself out there. Like, what are you going to do? You're closed. So town council <laughs> meeting has always got very up and down uh, attendance. Sometimes like, town council meeting and sometimes town council meeting at Exum Island gets very heated. You know, yeah. I mean, but, Exum Island is currently in a shutdown. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. 
<laughs> shut down right now. Pretty more much. And I, oh, go ahead. More renovations. More exactly. renovations. <laughs> So you know what? The foundation in our town hall cracked a little bit. This week, guys, we got some uh we got some well, let's see. Before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the last game for the Utah Jazz. And we've seen some incredible things from Utah uh the last week or two. Uh, but probably more than anything, it was Joe Ingles blowing a kiss to a fan in the front row. And it God, turns I out that was that a man. Laker fan. It was a Laker uh, fan? Is that what it was? Yeah, if you follow 5KL, he actually uh, he zoomed in on who it was. And actually, it's just an amazing photo because this fan looks like he's in utter agony as Joe Ingles is blowing a kiss of death to him. But on his chest is a Lakers lanyard. First off, I don't know how many people wear lanyards, but also a Lakers lanyard. And <laughs> it was <laughs> it's just the best to have Joe Ingles on the That is two jazz. levels where you're like, you know what? I'm cool enough to wear a lanyard. And around his neck, it's, like, it's, he, he's uh, wearing, it's not like out of his pocket. It's like around his neck. It's around yes. his neck. It, he's kind a proud funny. Lakers fan. So, yeah, go to at 5KL, Chris, former ba- basketball John, founder of SLC Dunk. But anyways, uh, it's a wonderful picture. And Joe Ingles is a treasure that all jazz fans uh, just you can never appreciate Joe Ingles too much, I think. The dude has a jazz lanyard on too. He's he's he went double lanyard. He went double lanyard. <laughs> double lanyard. I well, think you know that he deserves to just get talk trash to the entire game just for that alone. Like it's like, dude, you obviously like lanyards. <laughs> you really like lanyards. Like you're there. Does it still have like the keys around him? Because at that point, I just don't know what to think about this guy. Where is he a programmer? Is he really wealthy? Like, because I feel like if you're rich. And all of a sudden, you stop worrying about style because you're like, I'm rich. And nobody can make fun of you. You can't make fun of like a rich guy with a fanny pack because they're like, F you, you're poor. Well, I think (laughs) think Joe Ingles giving you a kiss after hitting – honestly, getting a kiss from Joe Ingles after a game-winning – you know, it put the Pistons to bed basically. And then getting a kiss of death basically means you have to delete your account. But – you know, he's I'm at a game, really, so I guess he deletes re- his season tickets or something. <laughs> I'm really disappointed because I made a video that I thought was going to take off more. I giggled the entire way through it by putting Seal's Kiss of a Rose to, to that in slow motion. And it only got like 100 RTs, and I was like, people don't know art. I might not have seen that. It, it, I didn't get any love for it. I was, I'm, oh. I'm so... I. It took off on Facebook, and then all of a sudden, uh, I I had a crisis of faith. I'm like, am I Facebook funny, but not Twitter funny? <laughs> well, here's Which the thing: is a completely uh, other ball game. Because I'm not ready thing for I that. Know. You will, you will. I will put in. I've only had one video where I've put like a like I used. I well, not used to. I actually, we might see a secret video come out this year at some point. But I used oh, to do what? those animated videos. And right, right. Uh, I will put in literally three months of work into a video and get like a certain amount of, of, you know, uh, social media buzz from it. And then I'll put like, you know, five minutes into a YouTube video or just like a, a whatever and get three times the, the attention. And so I don't know. That's just how it works. Sometimes media is so annoying. It's like, there's no way to predict what works and what doesn't. Mm hmm. Young culture, I, I feel like it's that way when you write articles. The more time you write in there, like the more more of a like dick comment you're gonna get, like the very first one. 
Like you might spend like three months of research into something, put blood, sweat, and tears. And the very first comma is going to be like, uh, comma splice for first paragraph. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> or, thanks. or you'll have cool a typo fan, in the three, two, one. <laughs> really appreciate it. Blood, sweat, and tears here. Yeah. Just had to it's, know like advanced calculus to figure out these and create my own metric. But hey, you know, thanks for the comma splice versus you're like, hey, look at Joe Ingalls blowing a kiss. And people are like, oh my gosh, this is the best article I've ever read. This is amazing. <laughs> these people really know their stuff. This is why I always come here. I never no, understand no. it. Well, never understood it. It's, it's been, uh, you know, a bittersweet week for jazz fans, both on Twitter and you know, watching the jazz because the jazz are, I think they're four and one in their last five. I could be wrong. Um, you surely will let me know in the comments guys. But, uh, one thing that did come out today that a little bit of a bummer is the Utah jazz injury update. Uh, I was actually surprised because we hadn't really heard anything about Dante Exum. So I kind of had hopes that he might be, and I actually, I don't know who I had read, but it sounded like he might be back sooner than later. Uh, turns out it's going to be later. Uh, two weeks for Dante Exum, but I believe that Ricky Rubio and is it Tabo? Let's see. And, and Neto are getting evaluated in a week or something like that. I think I may be wrong. But I like how they use reevaluated. Like they're like, we'll we'll think about it. It's yeah, I don't. Not like I, estimated. Like is that just their doctor's appointment? Or is this like we're gonna est we're gonna go there? Then we'll estimate and then we'll do this. So well, it's since- not even guaranteed that they'll be back within a week it's like that could be the soonest mm-hmm. well it's interesting that they get evaluated in a week and exum in two weeks it's obvious that exum's injury is going to be a little bit longer. like his ankle is still the size of a grapefruit yeah oh but that was bummer to see that report for sure i was i was uh uh it's it's funny because like the jazz have been winning with these injuries but at the same time it's just a bummer. I, I will just be honest. I was very excited to see Dante Exum get a chance to possibly start. And now I don't get to see that. And I don't know when that's going to happen. And it makes me, I honestly lose sleep about it. Maybe that makes me a crazy person, but I, I was really bummed. But oh, well, they will come back and the Jazz are winning. Uh, do you think, so the Jazz have three games coming up, uh, two against uh, higher caliber teams and one against the Cleveland Cavaliers. How are these injuries going to affect the Jazz? Are they going to still be able to keep winning games like they've been doing? Or are they going to, is it finally going to catch up to them? What do you guys think? This, this uh, next one coming up is the Clippers, and I think it's in L.A., right? Um, yeah, I, I think that's where, if I were a betting man, that's where the win streak ends right there. Yeah, the so? Clippers are... They're tough this season uh, and they're deep. And that's, you know, that's obviously a big problem with the team that's missing four guys. Like, or, <laughs> yeah, four guys. Like the Jazz four are. Four guys I mean, and all the point guards. Yeah, exactly. Um, against a team that's, I, I think, on, in a lot of games, their bench is better than their starters. Um, Harrell's been amazing. One of their two or three best players all season long. Um, I think Pat Beverly's coming off the bench for them now. I, they, they got a lot of strong guys coming off the bench. So when it when the game um, gets towards the end of the first and third quarters, it's it's going to be real dicey. Basically, whenever Rudy and Donovan aren't on the floor in this one, it's going to be sort of hold on to your butts time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the hard thing about having all the point guards out. If this was like, say, four players spread out, you still have people in their roles, but just yeah. playing more minutes. I mean, it, there's going to be a bit more pressure, but it's not like they're having to think completely differently when they're on the court. Like, uh, much has been said about Jay Crowder's struggles, but he's having to be a playmaker right now. He's having yeah. to run the offense in some sets, which he hasn't been doing at all. Um, this year he's been a spot up shooter. Um, Joe Ingles is not the is not the secondary playmaker. He's a primary playmaker a lot of the time during this, and he's that's okay. But then all of a sudden, when you go to the secondary and you're like, okay, uh, Royce, it's your show. And w- we saw early in the season that Royce really struggled. Did Royce end up? I, I can't remember. Did Royce end up shooting a field goal? The last Royce, game, because Royce, I remember I looking at 26 minutes shot. in and he hadn't shot the ball once. It was, I was going to say the thing, well, Royce has been um, someone that I was actually, I've been surprised this year how Royce has not played uh, as well as I thought he would. He's actually been pretty, pretty rough at times this season where it just feels like he's trying to really go beyond what he's capable of doing. Um, I like Royce as like a spot up shooter. And I do think that he has times where he's a, he's a good defender, but for whatever reason this season, he's just looked so frenetic and he turns the ball over and, and, uh, and that's, what's been tough about this situation is that, you know, it's not that Donovan and Joe and Rudy aren't a good starting unit. Cause they're proving to be a really nice starting unit still. Uh, even with Royce O'Neal in there, it's like, it's like you said, it's like that second unit's in there and you're really depending on players like, uh, Grayson Allen and, and Royce O'Neal, and you're just like, it's it's really, like you said, hold on to your butts. I don't know what's going to happen. Luckily, against uh, against the Pistons, Grayson hit a couple threes and actually had a few fun moments. Like, he had, had that block at the rim, but but Royce didn't show. Oh, go ahead. He, I was just going to say, yeah, you're right. He showed flashes in that game. I remember when he checked in in that one, I just thought, yeah. here we go. There's, there's one. <laughs> There's moments and sometimes prolonged moments where he just doesn't even look like an NBA player, but it was really encouraging a couple of the things that he did in that game. Um, he's He's got a lot longer way to go than I thought coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's- that's, that's a worrying thing with Grayson. Uh, he's, he's a four-year player, and by a four-year player in, out of college, you're expecting a lot more production or or just readiness, NBA readiness. And it's not there. And at that point, you're like, okay, well, how much development do you want to put into a 23, 24, 25, 26-year-old player at that point? You know, how is this going to pay off for us as uh, in our investment? And as of right now, like what I see from Grayson is just like I see flashes, but I see flashes from in a way that I think like Portland Trailblazers fans see flashes out of Anthony. Anthony Simmons. Mm, and that yeah. shouldn't be the case for somebody who like like Grayson. And um and, and, and like nineteen years old. Yeah, and his body like Donovan Mitchell, when he came into the NBA, he looked like he had an NBA body. He wasn't getting pushed around. Grayson Allen looks like he has a college body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he he's getting pushed around. He looks and, and he looks like rookie season John Stockton. He looks <laughs> He looks scrawny out there, and he's just getting pushed around. And 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 when that bench unit comes in, 
that I mean, it's it's really like the Salt Lake City Stars because you have Royce out there, you have Grayson out there. <laughs> I mean, if if the wrong what? things happen, you have Tony Bradley out there. You have you have George Niang out there. It's oh, can I say one thing? And Nas and Nas and Nas. You you might even have Nas out there if things. But even then, like I I I. I when I wrote the article about, oh, hey, here's the Jazz's options when everybody was hurt, even even Grayson Allen, I was like, well, I guess we're going to see a lot of a lot of uh, Nas Mitru Long. At least we're going to see, you know, at least 15 minutes. And nope, they did not even touch him. They didn't even look his direction. They're like, ah, oh, we're hurting, but we're not hurting that bad. <laughs> I I have to say though, one of the silver linings of all this is we have been able to get a look at some things that I think a lot of Jazz fans wanted. I think number one uh, is Donovan Mitchell is is playing point guard and running the show, and it looks it looks good. I think part of it is that he's actually hitting shots. Like before Donovan Mitchell, it just honestly for the first third of this year, it just felt like he couldn't hit a three, you know, and that just like I I don't know why all of a sudden he's hitting those threes if it's just confidence. Um, I don't know if he was dealing with some sort of injury. It looks like he has more arc on his shot, but like it, it, his shot already had a pretty high arc. Now it looks like it's hitting like the upper bowl before it goes in. Well, and last, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but last year Donovan was actually a really good three point shooter in terms of just spot up shooting. Like he, he was a pretty, I think it was something around 40%. I could be wrong, but this year it's just not been the case. And so I like, it was getting worrisome. And so that's been just like a welcome sight that Donovan is finally looking like Donovan from the last half of last year. And that's been really nice to see. And it's been nice to see uh, Rudy kind of shine in these moments where, you know, the second unit is, is pretty rough sometimes, but when it's that starting unit in there and Donovan's in there, I think it just looks really good. And I think the main reason is because it's a good, it's just a better chemistry for the team. Uh, I, I, I'm not the biggest Derek Favors fan, but I, I do think that they're getting, they're getting by because they have Royce O'Neal on the floor who can shoot the ball. He had that game a few games ago where he shot like 12 threes, I think, and he made five of them. And that's perfect because that creates more spacing than, than Rubio, who I, they, they honestly don't really even guard when he's on the floor. Yeah. I was going to say, there's no question. He's more of a threat from three than Rubio is. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing about Royce in the starting lineup next to Mitchell is suddenly, I think I think you have a lot more switchability on defense. Um, mm. And I, yeah, that's when Utah's really dangerous as a defense is when they have four guys who can switch everything and just allow Rudy to continue to stay around the rim. Um, I, I think they wreak a ton of havoc on defense, and that obviously includes the Jay Crowder at the four element too. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that's another reason I'm I'm kind of all over the place with this answer. But that's another reason I'm I'm high on Exum is because he he may be listed as a point guard for the majority of his career, but he's like six 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 seven, and so you can easily have him out there with Donovan Mitchell and let Donovan Mitchell control possessions the way he has been for the last week or so, um, and you just allow Exum to attack closeouts and then switch all over the place on defense, and it's just it's so much more versatile than what they've been trotting out for the last two seasons right and when they had success last season they were using mitchell more of as a one than rubio as a one last year 
Yeah. And and Rubio was turned into an an off-ball spot-up shooter and he had success during that. And and he he had a terrible first half and then Varian's the cruel mistress as it as it is went the other way and and he was hitting a high percentage of his shots but the but I, I the thing with Rubio is Rubio's not as good as his at the last end of the the second half of last season. He's not as bad as as he is in the first half of these seasons, but that middle section, that's, that's not a player that you build around. And that's not a player who you can have championship teams around. And, 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 and I think whenever you say that on, on Twitter or we, I type it on SLC dunk, I have a, a congregation of people being like, Oh my gosh, you don't love the jazz or you don't love Rubio. If you don't love Rubio, then I mean, how can you love Utah jazz basketball? His passion and his great. And he has a lion tattoo and <laughs> he's, 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 he's a good player. He's a good, a good player. Tattoo. But I'll, the problem is it's a good, it's a, it's, it is a great tattoo. It's a fantastic tattoo. And he has a great look. He has a great look. He's, he's by far like top five sexiest jazz players, probably top one. <laughs> I'll give him that. But built on – when you're looking at this team, you have Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and you have to build around those strengths. And there, and you have a slasher – a primary slasher first in, in Mitchell. That's what that, – he can shoot, but his but, – but it's, it's kind of like Dwayne – it's kind of like Dwayne Wade. It, it, you really want him to attack the basket. You really want that more than anything because he's su- he's just such a great finisher around the rim. And so you need to give him that space. He deserves that space. So you want to build, you want to put players around him that are going to bend the defense. So he's not having to go in, like having to drive into a defense that's fully set. And with Rubio, because Rubio's not a not a threat to take somebody off the dribble, like like Exum off his first step, nor is he able to um, take to, to to shoot at all beyond the arc. And that's the thing when people are like, "Well, look at his numbers." I'm like, "If you get, you got to think that that his numbers are with nobody guarding him. Normal, normal players do not get the the space to shoot threes that he does, and that's what he's shooting with, like a space that Kyle Korver has dreams about." <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to hear? A and that's yes. Oh, oh, geez. Yes, let's hear it. I was looking this up while you were talking, and sorry to cut you off. Um, no, no, listen. I want I want this more than anything. He's taken four thousand three hundred and eight field goal attempts in his career. Um, okay. There are six hundred and four players in in the entire three point era, so since nineteen seventy nine, who've taken at least that many shots. Um, can you guys guess where he ranks in that six hundred and four? In effective field goal percentage, <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess five sixty-five. Okay, this is making us sound like we're just like complete sadists and pessimists. Um, uh, six hundred one. Ooh, very close, Milo. Six hundred two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are the other two? You're- 601 is Ron Mercer. Hmm. Um, oh, geez. Really? <laughs> yeah. 602 is Ricky Rubio. 603, Eric Snow. 604, Brevin Knight. Huh. Oh, my. <laughs> Brevin? 
Brevin Knight? Yeah. Oh, oh my better. gosh. In, in, inject that saltiness into my veins. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. If That's... I switch your shooting percentage, I bet he'd go up a little bit just because he's always been such a good free throw shooter. Um, but I sometimes I feel but like – he doesn't get to the line. That's yeah, the thing. Was... He doesn't get to the line. Like that, that – it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like putting Aquaman on Mars. It doesn't do you any good. Just like you, I can control water. Great. Can you breathe? Yeah. Is for true shooting percentage, he jumps up to five fourteen. But your point stands. He doesn't get to the line. Yeah, that's, that's he doesn't get to the line. He doesn't do it. Well, yeah, and and wow. and. And when he does, and when he, that's the reason he's like, when people are like, wow, he's wide open on that layup because no one is like, because he doesn't do well, it. One thing I can assure you, like if they leave the, one thing the, I can assure you is that when he comes back, he's starting no matter what. So like, I, I hope everyone's <laughs> excited about that. Uh, Dante Exum, I, I hate that you're right, but Dante Exum could be, be going like 25 and five and, and he's having like his Wally Pitt moment and, and, Quinn is going to be like, oh, oh man, thank goodness we got Rubio back in this lineup. You know, it was it was complete pandemonium out there. It was hell. I was. I just. It, oh, it honestly, I, it's such a bummer to me. I saw that today, and it honestly like ruined my day. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I, I don't know. I had hopes. It's one of those things. You had hope for an it, Xbox, it, and your that's... mom got you a, a Nintendo sixty four, and you're just like, oh man. But. uh It'll it'll be just okay. like it's all sweet as Sega Dreamcast, but uh, but you know what? It is like we said; it's bittersweet because the Jazz are looking really good. Do you think? Uh, I don't know, but they have a rough stretch. Like they, they have they like Clippers. I think that's a, a loss just because the bench is just going to go out there and just get just shellacked. You know what? The Clippers lost, the and Pistons. then we beat they, the Pistons, and. uh I know, but but we always beat the Pistons. It's close games, but we always beat the Pistons. You know, and it's like Derek Favors versus Montrez Harrell a little bit, and I think actually that's a wash. I think Derek can handle him pretty well. I know, but but here's what's going to happen: like Tobias Harris's agent is going to be out there and be like, "Listen, the Jazz, this is this is this is a tryout. It's not you don't have to play for him next well, season." Rude. Rudy. But they're gonna they're gonna they're really gonna push your number up there. Well, and Rudy, and we need Rudy that. Boban. That's gonna be a fun fight. Uh, but you know what? We don't have oh my we don't have Dante Exum to block Boban at the rim anymore. And so I don't know how we're gonna be able to win this game. Uh, uh, I take this back. I take this back. They got Boban out there. It's Clippers by twenty. <laughs> I'm. I don't think I Boban love him. I absolutely love him. He is. He is like the spiritual successor to Fasenko. Like, like Fasenko is like John the Baptist. He prepared the way for this man to be able to succeed. Um, Boban's only played six minutes in their last six games. Really? So that I'm, is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty uh, – first of all, there's no reason for Marcin Gortat to be playing anymore. There's Harold no should, reason. Oh. He should be their starting center. This is another example of a coach who just has like a ceremonial starter for seemingly no reason. Um, but play Harrell – and and give all the backup minutes to Boban. How can you deny Boban? It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, well, you got ten to fifteen minutes of Boban in second units, and he's just... where, where is he from? Serbian. Now I'm searching Serbian Polish relations. Yeah. I just need to find. I just need to find out. But yeah, I, there's anything going. You're, you're going to stats. I'm going to geopolitics. Okay, hold on. 
Um, well, I just think uh, the kingdom. Okay, so 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 diplomatic relations were established between the kingdom of the Serbs, the Croats, and the Slovenes uh, in 1919. Okay, there's no really major war, so I, I can't really say this, but I, I I can't say this like in full confidence. But I think there's something um, that Doc Rivers has a secret deal with the Polish to keep Bowman down. Okay, there we go. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Okay, continue well, on. Was, Montrez Harrell's been. I mean, right. he's going to be sixth man of the year this year, probably, and he's made it so that that DeAndre Jordan tri- like losing DeAndre Jordan didn't even really matter. So I don't know. No, I mean, gaining DeAndre Jordan didn't really matter for for the Mavericks. I'm sorry, it didn't because he did, takes plays off. Well, for sure, for sure. Um, let's see. So Rubio Neto Tavo possibly return after we play the Portland, Portland Trailblazers. We played Portland really well. It'll be interesting to see if the Jazz can actually win again against Portland. I mean, we haven't just beat Portland. We've destroyed Portland the last two times. Um, we'll see if they can do it again. Uh, Rubio's going to come back. Do you guys think that his shooting will pick up when he comes back? No. <laughs> I mean, if he if he follows, the, <laughs> if he follows, I don't. The, because, I don't. I don't. He's been a lot better in second halves in the previous two seasons before this one. So the hope is that that trend would continue. Um, but you, I mean, there's just no way to know because and last year was a career year. Last year was a career year. You can't point to the 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 anomaly and be like, "This is normal." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this uh, is always what happens. Yeah, it's just really hard to count on any level of consistency there. Uh, my big question is, um, so we are coming up to a trade deadline, and I actually don't think there's really a lot out there that Jazz can do. I know there's players that a lot of Jazz fans talk about wanting, like Otto Porter, um, uh, and, and some people had really, like, to me, just kind of wild hopes to get maybe Bradley Beal, which I don't think was ever a possibility at all, at least with the Jazz's assets. But what is there anything the Jazz that they can do this upcoming tra- trade deadline? You think that, or maybe let let's say maybe I'll word this differently. How has like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's play during this this latest uh, hot streak? Do you think it's affected what the Jazz do in the trade deadline? Uh, do you think? the jazz are making decisions based off of that or has it just been like a really nice thing that's happened um (laughs) i feel like it may it may change the equation a little bit just in the sense that you're starting to get more evidence that mitchell can be the guy at like controlling possessions kind of the way james harden does um and so maybe you start to think, do we move on from Rubio now? Do we move on from him this summer? Um, I mean, I'm sure the option of re-signing him is still on the table. But I, I do think that just having a little bit more data and evidence of what the team looks like with Mitchell in this role is a good thing. I don't know if it pushes the needle super far either way. Um yeah, like, I, 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 I think it changes the calculus like of what they do like maybe like two years from now. Like they're looking at this and they're like, okay, this is this is ahead. 
a few miles down the road. But I, I mean, I don't think they may, if they do trade Rubio, I, I still think they're going to keep a traditional look like they'll have a point guard or something else. Because I think we talked about the beginning of this podcast where the, the problem going on right now with Utah is they don't have uh they don't have a secondary playmaker without having a, that secondary playmaker. People who are not used to being in that playmaker role are having to step up. And I think moving Donovan Mitchell into that one kind of creates that issue right now. You know what's yeah, weird about he, that? Though? Do you remember when Quinn Snyder was first hired, how much he talked about positionless basketball? Mm-hmm. Right. And now he's so – and now now it's almost like he's he's like brought to, to its knees. Yeah. It's just so weird. so I, weird. I remember those quotes very distinctly, and I even wrote about them for Bleacher Report a few times. Um, that was back when they were having me write about the jazz. And I just, that was like one of the things that excited me most about that hire. It was like, and he was sort of ahead of the curve in that too. Cause not yeah, because he came from the Hawks and he came from the Hawks that was doing that where you had yeah. Paul Millsap initiating sets with Al Horford and, and they yeah. were, and that's, that's why they were able to blitzkrieg the, the East because no one in the East was running anything like that. No one in the NBA was running anything like yeah. that. And I still think they have a lot of guys who fit that. Like well, I talked about X earlier. I think he fits positionless basketball. Um, I mm-hmm. think Jay Carter fits it pretty well. I think Joe Ingles fits it really well. I think Mitchell can play a few positions. Um, so I, <laughs> I wish they would just sort of go – all in on that. I think the trade for Rubio probably delayed it a little bit, but I don't, I don't really see the need to delay it any further. I, yeah. Rub, the, the trade for Rubio really put a wrench in that. And that was a total placate to Hayward. Like yeah. that, that's That feels because that doesn't feel like what Dennis Lindsay wanted to do, but he's like, Hey, if I have to sacrifice this to be able to have the, as close to the team as we want, if I'm getting 90% of my vision versus zero percent of my vision okay i can deal with that but when but then once you were stuck with rubio and and that's what it is you were stuck with rubio um it's it's just not it it's really oh that uh, that trade still burns me to this this day because it wouldn't happen because that because Utah did everything right. Utah did everything right to try to get the get the free agent. And that's also why I'm totally negative about any free agency. It's like Utah had a chance to sign a big time free agent and held all the cards and still lost. What are we yeah. supposed to do when we have when we don't have the best hand at the table? That's why like, they. That's I'm all that's in why, on. That's when we're supposed to get them. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm all in on a team like the Jazz has to. You have to make your big hits in in uh, the draft and through the trade market. I mean, mm-hmm. free agency is just way too volatile for a team like Utah. Yeah, yeah, and I one of the things I've noticed too with Quinn Snyder and I and like like you've been talking about, I I've noticed Quinn Snyder really really leans towards the players that play really well within his system. I think one of the things that I've really noticed that's kind of different than what we kind of thought is that. You know, we're going to adjust things based off the strength of players. And it does feel sometimes that we're trying to treat, train players to fit within the scheme that we run. I do like that, you know, certain players seem to be able to really kind of flourish within that system. But you do have to have certain skill sets. I was going to say, I totally agree, though, with the positionless team. I 
I, I do feel like Dennis Lindsay's been doing a pretty good job with a lot of these things, especially through the draft. He has found some nice pieces and outside of the draft, like uh, Royce O'Neal, who has struggled this year. He does look a little bit better recently. Uh, last year, Royce O'Neal was a big piece and he made it possible for the Jazz to trade Rodney Hood to get Jay Crowder, who's who's been really nice. Um, the other player, and you got you mentioned him in passing a little bit before. I actually am a big fan of George Yang. The last he hasn't been able to hit a shot for like two months, but his ability to to handle the ball. <laughs> Other than the fact that he can't hit this ruts out of a barn, he's a really great player. But, Bold but move, I, James. I actually okay. Here's my little prediction. I think he's going to be a big rotation okay. piece next season because one of the things that I, I think solid. I think he's quietly been a big. A, like a small part of our second unit not completely like falling apart because he's been a secondary ball handler for them. I, against the Pistons, he brought the ball up. He is a, he is a good playmaker. Well, he can, he he can handle the ball. Playmaker. He can run plays. He actually finishes at the rim pretty well. And he does look like kind of Joe Ingles light to me at times. And I just think, I think he's been kind of hit with the grind of the NBA a little bit. Um, Cause this really is kind of like his rookie season. Um, Go way. ahead, say that again. I'm pretty sure he's slower than Joe Ingles, as crazy yes. as that is. <laughs> he's slower than slow mo Joe, but I want I want a foot race. I I mean I it's like a speed walk at that point, but <laughs> but I I like George too. Though I'm, I think I've written I've written at least one article about him since I came to SLC Dunk. I I'm still like um, cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. about him. I mean, we know that he can shoot. It's just a matter of him figuring it out maybe he never will but if he can figure it out then i think he becomes a really interesting nice player kind of another gem for dennis Lindsay. any uh any guesses on his nickname on basketball reference right now have they updated it i i never would have known this i I didn't know he had a nickname (laughs) but uh apparently he's the closer Closing. I, I, if, if, if I have, if I'm able to have my way, it will be, um, the night, the okay. night of knee. If I oh. can just get it, it, it I got it. Well, I'm working it into everything, yeah. and that's what's so frustrating about him not hitting shots. Is I have that when he checks in, I have that GIF. I have it. I have it on lock. I am ready. I have it in. I have that in the chamber, just ready to go. I have. That's- all the Monty Python, all the Monty Python, beautiful, beautiful graphics, and that, and he can't hit a shot, and it's and it's just wasted. Like that's that's one hundred RTs right there, easy money, easy money, and the guy cannot cannot hit the shot. It makes me so mad. I I, I think I I hear the S stands for shooting. That's what I that's what I hear or scoring. I can't remember which one. Thirty nine percent from three this season. I'm. I'm is he I'm still just, shooting thirty nine percent? Yeah. He is. How? Where? Well, because <laughs> he he was shooting like eighty percent to begin the year. So Do they count pregame? Like he's, what? Is- he's twenty for fifty two overall. Um, so it's a really small sample, but I still trust most of the three point attempts. He puts up. Well, he, has, he, he, he looked, he's it's put, not like he has a broken shot. Trees. It's not like when you like you see like Rubio like 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 he loads up the trebuchet and you're like whatever happens happens. Yeah, it, it looks like a good shot. 
I, I, I think still, one of the – go ahead. Uh, I just said I'm still in on George. Me too. Okay. Big-time George fan. I, I, I'm not George sure. Is, I, I think George it depends on, on, on the Jazz's offseason. If it kind of depends. If they get a big name and they have to fill up with value, then George is in. If they miss out on a big name, then I think they're going to like try to moneyball it, and we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of players trying to add up to one Tobias Harris. Yeah, I, 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 and that's that's a that's a hard thing. Like like you said, I think Ru- there's a contract out there for Rubio, but it's it, it's the break in case of glass mm-hmm. type of thing. It's it's if it's if we couldn't get the player that we wanted at the trade deadline, or we couldn't get the player that we wanted. To trade for because uh, Dennis Lindsay u- uses the draft more for trades than I think he does for actual draft picks, and and so he us- he leverages that for talent. He's done it with uh, George Hill. He's he's done it with trading up for Donovan Mitchell. He rarely stands pat, and the years that he has stand uh, stood pat at his draft pick, they haven't turned out great. Um, you have Trey Lyles, and this year you have Grayson Allen. Sorry, it's just uh, I'm I'm not big on Grayson Allen. And, and, and so, but when he's aggressive in there, like he is for, um, for Rudy Gobert, Howell Neto, uh, Trey Burke was aggressive. It didn't work out, but I mean, the idea is there. He's, he, when he goes in with a mindset and is able to trade up, I think he, he does try to trade up for the player he wants every single time. It's just whether you get another team to want to want to be as dumb as Denver. Uh, that's really his, his best traits. Like his best traits, like is is do we think it do we think Dennis Lindsay is a great GM if Denver doesn't exist? <laughs> I'm sure he finds like is, is, like does that it, without Denver, Dennis Lindsay's entire legacy is completely changed. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, but but uh, I I think like at this trade deadline, James was talking about before. There's not a lot of sellers out there. There's a uh, grip ton of buyers i would say there's 24 teams out there that think they have legitimately have a shot at the playoffs and there's only yeah. six teams that are like f it i'm done and out of those six teams they're so bad that you're like what what is there to be had from this mm-hmm. like their young players are not giving up well um their veterans are their high profile veterans like you have uh, kevin love i think is the best high profile veteran out of all the tanking teams and and you have a big contract and injury issues with with him that you have to worry about. You have Kent Bazemore, who is two years away from being a surprise and a great value pick, but then he got re-signed at a pretty big contract. You have what Jeremy Lin, um, who is still like every, injury after injury after injury since insanity, and so you're like, oh, I, I mean, do you, and. For the Utah Jazz, he's shooting about the same as as Rubio, and gets to the line just a little bit more. But that's do, do you really want that? It's just For some reason I thought Lynn was shooting. I I have a Jeremy Lin trade uh, keyed up here. Um, oh gosh! Oh, can here I it hear is. it? Hear this it. is from uh, co-host of the Hardwood Knox podcast, Dan Favalli. Um, oh, that's a nice plug. I like what you did there. Um, Bleacher Report has him come up with, no joke, at, at least double-digit fake trades per week. Like, it, it's a 
Jeremy yeah, Lin? <laughs> not all involving Jeremy Lin, fortunately. Um, okay. <laughs> but he's, he's just got to cook up so many fake trades. So I'm, I'm like in awe of how many realistic ones he turns out for them. But this is from a story that he wrote. Uh, it published on January 12th on Bleacher Report. It's a three-teamer. So stay with me here. Okay. The Hawks receive Jan Mahinmi, um, a lottery-protected first from Utah, and that's it. Um, the Jazz receive Jeremy Lin, Otto Porter, and Thomas Sadoransky. Oh. And Thomas Sadoransky. And the Wizards receive Favors, Rubio, and Cephalosha. Well, I know jazz fans would be excited about that. Perspective: All it is is you're you're switching Rubio for Lynn, you're switching uh, Porter for Favors, and you're switching Sadoransky for Cephalosha. And I think well, that all here's three. The thing. Of, oh, go ahead. I was going to say I think you could argue all three of those swaps make sense for Utah. Well, and and if the Wizards well, if the Wizards start think, tanking, they get cap space. Well, did you see that Atlanta Atlanta beat uh, the Thunder tonight? <laughs> and I was just the thinking, Thunder are like, tanking. You know, they traded. Oh no, that's not yeah, what you I, were thinking. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, I, well, you traded away Doncic so that you could be bad enough to get possibly Zion, and now you're beating the Thunder. <laughs> that like that trade's starting to look so bad, and you're be so maybe they do want someone like Rubio that they can just like release and get some cap relief. They need to. They need to lose games and, and, you know, Jeremy Lin's not a, you know, he's not leading a team to the playoffs, but he's probably good enough to make you win a few more games than you probably wanted to. And uh, they get cap space because then they might be able to get into the, uh, the KD, the KD market there. And especially if they could find a taker for John Wall, all of a sudden you're building around a draft pick and a free agent and Bradley Beal. That's yeah, not, they, that's, that's, that's a nice reset. John. They'd still have to find somebody to take on John Wall, which is probably the hardest contract of all to deal. Maybe in the when there's a Lakers, there's a way. <laughs> I think the Lakers are going to go. My I, my conspiracy theory is I think the Lakers end up with John Wall because I think they strike out in free agency because no one wants to sign a long term deal to play with an aging LeBron. That would be hilarious. And as John Wall and LeBron would not, that is a terrible match. But it wouldn't surprise well, me. I know, I know, but 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 I mean. Yeah. It's Magic Johnson. Yeah. It's Magic Johnson. We're not talking about like the, the heir apparent to Sam Presti in 2006. We're talking about Magic Johnson. Who, no, you're not about that. Like, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't think when there's the Lakers or the Knicks, there's a way. And I also think the Knicks could be one of those teams that strikes out. It's like, we got to be relevant. And they get like John Wall to be with like, Porzingis, and they maybe like get to eight seed barely, and they just repeat like the greatness of Melo's years. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the. Well, in my I, question- I think the Suns. Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say I wouldn't put it past the Suns either. I think that's maybe another team that's crazy enough to go after. Oh, Trump. they could do it too. They could do it and afford to. Yeah. Like it, because they'll just fire their GM, not blame their owner, and just do the whole thing over again. They got. I mean, it's it's in their manual. Run it back. at this point. It's. Yeah, this is this is what they do every year. It's just like, oh, we gave it a shot, but man, there's this bum GM. <laughs> uh, just 
Do you guys so do you guys think there's going to be a trade for the Jazz? Do you think the Jazz make a trade this uh before trade I deadline? I think they want to. I don't think they I, I I think the Wizards should blow it up. I don't think they will because it's the Wizards. Yeah, they're not smart. I, it would really Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't like I don't know. They're the dude. They're they're the Black Knight that has all his limbs cut off, and they still think they got a shot. Like they're just gonna they're just gonna keep on coming at you, bleeding all over you. They don't they don't they don't see it. Um, and and that's that's the thing. Like even teams teams that for example, I think Memphis is starting to see their own mortality, but I don't think anybody wants to any anybody wants to deal with them. I think Dallas is seeing their own mortality as as. Uh, the real playoff teams are are starting to trend up and they're and they're and, and it's like you can you can only catch people by surprise and i think that's what's happening with dallas dallas caught a lot of people by surprise and now people are treating them like a playoff contender and and things things are getting rough new orleans i think you can only ask anthony davis to do so much and they're not going to trade anthony davis until i don't think until draft time when they know they're trading for like maybe a guaranteed number two with, you know, with a team or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think the jazz are actually going to make a trade. Oh. I, I think the jazz are going to surprise people. I think something's going to happen because I, like you said before, uh, I don't think there's a huge trade market out there. So I wonder if the jazz are willing to like pay a premium. Like they're willing to, because I think that's what you have to do. Like if if you're gonna get a well, team I that just, doesn't think they want to make a trade, you're gonna have to pay pay the difference in opportunity costs and draft picks. You're gonna have to make them give up their well, dream in draft picks. Well, that's the thing is like you're not getting anyone in the draft anymore because Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are are too good. Yeah. Uh, free agency. There's like I have my favorite player. That if if the Jazz had a chance, I honestly think if the Jazz could get Tobias Harris, I think that makes them good enough to contend to get to the finals. I think that's that's a good team. But I just like I just don't think the Jazz can get him. He's you know he's already on a winning team right now. He gets to be the guy. Uh, I believe the Clippers can offer him more money than we can. Uh, you know, even if the Clippers start losing and fall out of out of the playoffs, he's still probably going to be like, you know what, we can I I can still get more money here. I get to live in LA and they probably will get someone nice who wants to live in LA with me. And so I just think the jazz are going to go after somebody. I think we're going to get surprised by something. I don't know if it's going to be a surprise that everyone goes, Oh wow. I didn't know they could, you know, get that. I think it's going to be a guy that I think some jazz fans might, you know, kind of have some misconception. I don't know if misconception is the word, but just some, like, I think the jazz might go after someone like Kevin Love. And I know I've been in, you know, People get angry at me on Twitter for mentioning that. I just think a guy like that can come to the Jazz and be kind of a third or fourth option. And, you know, whatever player the Jazz are going to get, it's probably going to be someone with a contract that we're not, you know, excited about. Those are the types of players you can actually go out and get. Did you guys hear that? What was that? What was that? City is my favorite place in, in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) i I have a clip of park city is my favorite place in the u.s saved on my computer i 
I, I think well, that's the thing. Okay, I, I think I think the thing that what people have to do is like there's the expectations. It's like the 500 days of summer. Like you you, you have an idea. You like you have this expectation of what you want Utah to do during the trade deadline. But then there's the there's the actual reality of what they're able to do. And I think they're going into it being like we're going to get Tobias Harris or Otto Porter. And I think the reality is those guys aren't available, and, and the guy who's available is Kevin Love. Yeah, and. Kevin Love, and, 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 and that's what that's what you I have to do with well. Utah. Like uh, you, you play in Utah, and so if you get like Utah is extremely lucky to have basically, I would say a top ten guy in Rudy Gobert and a fringe top a fringe top twenty twenty five player in Donovan Mitchell, and and so you have that nucleus, and but because you are in Utah, you're. You, you're not going to be afforded the luxury of getting a top another top twenty five guy via free agency. Yeah, you had to get and so if you through the draft, exactly. And so if you can get a say a top thirty five guy, that's a real that's a coup. It doesn't matter who they are, and and so you look at Kevin Love, and he can be a top thirty five player in the NBA for the next two seasons. And if you can get a top thirty five guy to pair with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert during this time for the next two seasons. And when people are like, oh, but what do you do afterwards? You trade him. You figure it out. Whether you have to give up a first rounder to get rid of it, you trade him. Yeah. But you but mm-hmm. you can you can figure that out. It's like the thing that bothers me is like, well, what do you do when he's when he's not valuable? You move him. Like like any normal team. It's not like you're chained to it and you sign some contract being like, yeah, yeah thou shalt never trade Kevin Love again nor stretch his contract out or release him. Like you move on from it, but you have to you have to capitalize have, on the opportunity that you have now. I have two selling points that I'll give on Kevin Love. Um, one, I really love the like what Kyle Korver has done for the Utah Jazz, and he's thirty seven, and he's doing really great things. Um, and two, I think the Jazz are really good, and this is kind of a it's kind of a two part thing. They do a good job of managing minutes. They don't. They wouldn't play Kevin Love. I think more than than what he should be playing if he was on the Jazz. Mm-hmm. I think the the new Jazz health team has done an amazing job with with Derek Favors. It wasn't like honestly two seasons ago. I was curious if I wasn't sure if uh, Derek Favors was even going to be in the NBA that much longer because of all these knee problems and just felt like he could never play. And the Jazz have figured it out with him. And I think the Jazz have a really nice health team that I think can do a really good job of keeping him healthy. At least you hope so. We haven't really been able to keep XM all that healthy, but uh, maybe we can do it with Kevin Love. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, you have to roll the dice. You kind of have to roll the, roll the dice with, with, with these guys, you know, there's, that's, that's what's going to happen with, with Utah. So, I mean, you, when you're a small market team, you have to do it. And if it hits, it hits. If not, uh, it, it doesn't work out, but that's, that's unfortunately a small market team. It's not like an LA Lakers that can totally botch and come come underprepared to free agency and land LeBron. Yeah, seriously. It, like, like I, I'm sorry. They they were the dude who showed up with like without reading the book and gave like a book report in class. Like you're like, oh yeah, tale of two cities. It was you know Los Angeles and New York. Uh, love Charles Dickens, and they landed LeBron. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have other teams that are showing up with like, 
amazing presentations or bringing in like the the royalty of the city and all of that BS. And LeBron's like, no, nah, I'm good. Like it, <laughs> yes, and 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 that's just Utah doesn't have it. Utah doesn't have a beach. They don't have. It's not warm there. It's Utah. I'm sorry. Well, I think this last. I think this last. And and I know we're kind of running out of time, but uh, I think this last week and a half shows you that if you trade for Kevin Love, that might be a good idea. Because Donovan Mitchell, I think, is showing that he can kind of be the lead guy of a winning basketball team. And Kevin Love doesn't have to be the lead guy. Kevin Love can be option number three. And I I think actually this week Donovan Mitchell has shown enough that the Jazz maybe can make a move. I don't know if you guys heard. This but is the week Rudy Donovan Gobert Mitchell came, became president. <laughs> I really think so. I really, I really think this is the week. I really think, I mean, there's been a lot of times before this, but I really think this, this, this is the week he became president. Well, Rudy Gobert was on uh, Chris Haynes' podcast. I don't know if you guys listen. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. Really good, but one of the things he does mention is he wants to win a championship, and I think Rudy appreciates the Jazz making moves to win. Yeah, he said. Oh, oh, that's foreshadowing. (laughs) <laughs> he said that would be his primary motivation. He also said I could see myself playing my whole career here, which was cool. But he, I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately my decision is going to be a, like, it'll always be about the organization that gives me the best chance to win. I, I think mm-hmm. oh, man. And and I, we're, we're already might, re- uh, the minute I hear that, I just feel like the clock has been reset. It's just with a different player now. Yeah. It's like, okay, when's this contract up? We we got we got this long. Let's 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 not just like try to cram for the test and get a rub get a Rubio at the last second to try to appease this time. Can we uh have, we do a little bit more? I have way more faith in Gobert though. I think it helps. I, I do too. I think yeah. it helps when players are not from I, America because he communicates really well. I think he communicates and he's very blunt uh, yeah. versus like I I don't think. He, I don't think even if he could, I don't think he can hide his intentions and, 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 and what he, what he wants. So I think even if it, I think it, even if he's not going to come back, I think Utah's going to have a good sense of that rather than, Oh, is he, is he not, is yeah. he going to be? Well, part of what I meant too is um, it feels like a lot of guys who come from overseas, it's like the big market is just being in America for them where oh, that's true. A, a guy mm. who grew up in America he, I think he's more familiar with the lore of the Lakers or the Knicks or the Celtics or whatever other big um, franchise there is. But for a guy like Yanni Antetokounmpo, he, he just loves Milwaukee because that's his introduction to America. And I think there's maybe a hint of that with Gobert and some of, some of the other guys. Like Dirk Nowitzki, was, he just loves Dallas. Um, you would, I would hope that Rudy plays his entire career for the Jazz and retires as one of the greatest defensive players of all time and has a couple championships with Utah. But um, like you said, it. The only way I could see them losing him is if they had a franchise open up in Las Vegas. (laughs) Well, the one thing I think about Rudy, too, is Rudy comes across as really genuine and he seems like a really loyal guy. And I think Rudy does appreciate that the Jazz traded up to get him. Um, and I kind of feel like that message was, I like Rudy appreciates the Jazz not tanking. Like Rudy wants to win games, and I think 
Um, I think that is like a little bit of a message from Rudy to Utah to say, Hey, I just, I want to win. I don't want to, you know, wait another thing to see if maybe we can get a guy in the free agency. And then if we strike out, we just go out and get, you know, three, like walk it back uh, all over again. We, we guarantee favors contract, resign Rubio and then tread water for 82 games, you know, players kind of like Bobo and Jonas Drebko and stuff. That's, you know, those are nice players, but I, you, you can get a nice third option this off. And, you know, and that's why I was kind of, I was messaging the SLC dunk group. I just was thinking about, you know, well, who else? Maybe if the Grizzlies decide to tank, maybe Mike Conley is someone you think about or something, just a player that might be actually possible. I just think that's the thing jazz fans need to remember is there's a difference between, uh, you know, a really like what, what you can actually get and what uh, you want to get sometimes. Like, like, no one's no one's disagreeing that Kevin Love doesn't have an injury history. Like he's injured right now as we speak, but uh, when he's healthy, he's been a player that's contributed to a championship team. And I, I, I don't know. I think Rudy sees that too. And by making moves like that, it is nice. Uh, it is a nice message to send to players. I mean, Gordon Hayward. That guy held on to grudges for things the Jazz did for a long time, and I think the Jazz have done right by Rudy for the most part his whole career, and I think doing something can send nice messages to him, I think. Yeah, I'm optimistic he'll be be with the Jazz for a long time. Yeah, and the good good news is, too, I I think – I think a lot of people, and maybe sometimes myself included, because I, I lived in Indiana and saw, like, the rise and fall of the Pacers, and saw Roy Hibbert change the league defensively, and then it was just like the league cha- the league changed and left him behind. It wasn't that Roy Hibbert suddenly did, became bad by any means or anything. I think just the league changed. And so I look at uh, so my uh, my always ever growing fear in the back of my head, and 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 I, I I don't feel that way anymore, just because the way Rudy Gobert he's guarding the perimeter a lot more this season, and he it looks like his game is going to be able to adapt defensively to what the, this new offense is doing. At the beginning of the season, it was kind of like giving you the worries of like, uh, is, is freedom of the movement? Are we going to be doing a 30 for 30 on this years from now? I mean, like freedom of movement, man. Rudy Gobert was the most amazing thing. And then you couldn't touch a guy. Uh, but but now you, you can... He, he's he's playing more on the perimeter. He's playing more out there, and he's still having the same impact of shrinking the floor. So, I think I think the Utah Jazz are set up, and then they have Donovan Mitchell for you know his rookie contract, and then there's gonna he's gonna dude's gonna get a max extension, and he's probably gonna get that the the heavy heavy max extension because of it. So, it, right now I think is the biggest time that Utah um, Utah has. Donovan Mitchell not yet in his prime. They have Rudy Gobert in his prime, and it's and now's a chance where you can take a take a shot at at a th- at a at a third option, and it's not going to kill your salary cap too much because it's uh, you you have Donovan Mitchell on a rookie contract. You got to go. Yeah, got to go for it. Now is the time to take a swing. I agree. All right, guys. Well. uh I think that's all the time we have, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us, Andy. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been yeah. great. Awesome. Um, and just a reminder, guys, to go 
first go look up hardwood Knox on uh on itunes and wherever you listen to podcasts and you can listen to more andy bailey and dan favali i listen to it and it's great and you guys should go do that too right now and then after you do that go subscribe to the slc punks podcast uh leave a review we really appreciate it you can say whatever we you want we stopped reading the reviews at the beginning milo i think we're still gonna do that once in a while because because uh because i think it's funny but uh <laughs> <laughs> one star anyway, we appreciate this, this this had no punks one star but anyways guys uh like and subscribe this uh we will talk to you later peace y'all